Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text that we have before us this morning, or this evening, is found recorded in Luke chapter 22, verses 47 to 54. There came a crowd, and the man called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? And when those who were around him saw what would follow, they said, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus said, no more of this. And he touched his ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests and officers of the temple and elders who had come to go up against him, have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs? When I was with you day after day in the temple, you did not lay hands on me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. Then they seized him and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house and Peter was following at a distance. Heavenly Father, sanctify us with your word. Your word is truth. Amen. Fellow redeemed, it was night. Jesus had asked some of his disciples to join him while he prayed. Jesus knew that the next few hours, the next few days, that he would be facing some very difficult times. And he wanted to spend some time in prayer with his father to prepare himself for these trials, these temptations, the suffering he would face. While the disciples were waiting a little ways off while Jesus prayed, in the distance, you can see some lights flickering as a crowd approaches through the Valley of Kidron. They were led by Judas. It happened so quickly. It was a brief conversation, a hurried kiss on the cheek. The soldier stepped forward to take Jesus away. In the confusion and the semi-darkness, Peter knows he has to act. He has to do something to protect his master. So grabbing his sword, he yanks it out and swings wildly at a nearby person, lopping off his ear. No, no doubt this man, the high priest's servant, fell to the ground just screaming in pain. I'm sure there was a lot of blood. For the soldiers, situation was no longer a simple arrest. It was now armed resistance. So I'm sure they all up, took out their swords, all ready to attack Peter and the other disciples to kill them and to take Jesus by force. But before G things got out of hand, Jesus shouted out, no more of this. And he touched the high priest's ear and it was instantly healed. Just like that, the crisis is over. This event contains important lessons for us. It shows us a comparison between 
Peter's rash reaction to the events and Jesus's reaction to the same events. There's a huge difference between the damaging touch of Peter and the healing power of Jesus's touch. In order to truly understand the healing power of Jesus's touch, we need to look first at the damaging touch of Peter. Peter's reaction was, first of all, ineffective. Secondly, unnecessary. Third, irresponsible. And finally, unsafe. As we go through these four points, we should realize that if Peter, who was one of Jesus's most trusted disciples, could act so rashly at this time, then we also may be sometimes tempted to act rashly when dealing with problems in our lives. So let us look at how Peter's actions were ineffective, unnecessary, irresponsible, and unsafe, and see if we can learn from this. First of all, Peter's action was ineffective. <laughs> of course, we have to admire the man. He was willing to defy a group of soldiers, soldiers who were experienced in killing people. Part of the Roman cohort was there. Also, part of the temple guard was there. At least 100, maybe 200 soldiers, all armed. Peter was hopelessly outnumbered. They had more weapons as well, as well as experience. And yet this fisherman is willing to take them all on to defend Jesus. You have to admire him. But we need to realize that such rash actions would not have been effective. There is no way that his action would stop the arrest. It's just too many people against him. Secondly, we see that, Jesus, or that Peter's action was also unnecessary. Jesus told Peter, no more of this. Matthew tells us that Jesus also told him, put your sword back in its place. Then Jesus reminded Peter, do you think I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of agents, angels? That's 72,000 angels. Jesus had all that power at his disposal, but yet he refused to use it because it was necessary for him to go through with this, with this arrest to fulfill God's plan. Peter's action was unnecessary because Jesus had at his disposal such great power, enough power to defend himself. Third, we see here that Peter is irresponsible. The Apostle John tells us that Jesus' next words to Peter were, Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? Even though it outwardly appeared that everything was lost, the soldiers were there and Jesus' plan was all awry, yet this was exactly what God wanted. God was completely in charge of this situation. Jesus had come to drink the cup of suffering and drink it he must. 
How irresponsible of Peter. What if he had succeeded that night? What if Peter had led the other disciples into a desperate fight to the last man effort to defeat and won a battle against the soldiers? Jesus would never have gone to the cross. God's plan of salvation would have failed. And there would be no resurrection and redemption for us. Jesus had repeatedly told Peter and the other disciples of his upcoming death, as well as the necessity of this death to redeem the world. And yet Peter irresponsibly was trying to prevent it. Fourth, Peter's action was unsafe. By his actions, Peter gave himself and his fellow disciples a reputation of violence. From that time on, you can be sure the soldiers were watching them pretty closely to make sure that Peter and the other disciples did not do something rash. And that's one of the reasons that Peter was afraid of being recognized in Cavus's court. That's also a reason that the next week the disciples were hidden behind locked doors in a house, afraid that the soldiers would come and take them away too. They now had a reputation for violence. They were afraid the soldiers would come for them. So to summarize Peter's actions, they're ineffective, unnecessary, irresponsible, and unsafe. In comparison, let us look at Jesus' actions. His continuing to the cross was effective. The Apostle John tells us, If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Paul tells us in his letter to the Romans, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Yes, Jesus' actions at this time were effective. Number two, Jesus continuing to the cross was necessary. Paul reminds the Corinthians in his first letter, If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. For us, for us sinful people, Jesus continuing to the cross was very necessary. If he had not done so, we would not have the assurance of eternal life, the assurance that so comforts us at all times. Number three, Jesus continuing to the cross was responsible. We know that Jesus was not, he was not eagerly looking forward to the pain and suffering that he knew was coming. When he was in the garden praying to the Father, sweating as it were great drops of blood, he begged, if there be any way possible, let this cup be taken from me. But yet, 
he willingly took on the responsibility of the sin of the world by continuing in his, in his prayer, yet not as I will, but as you will. Jesus willingly took the responsibility upon himself to suffer and die for the world, enduring all this so that we have the assurance of eternal life. Number four, Jesus continuing to the cross was safe for us. As Paul says, I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Because Jesus had continued to the cross, we are safe from the powers of darkness and evil, the powers that attempt to take us away from him, to crowd us with guilt, with sorrow, with pain. Because Jesus took all that upon himself, we are safe. Okay, we saw Peter's and Jesus' reaction to the problem facing them. What about our reaction to problems in our lives? And we all do face problems. First of all, our actions may be ineffective. A, very, a hymn that we all love very much tells us, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Often when we're facing a difficult problem, we try this to fix it. Then we try that to fix it. Then we try this again to fix it. And not only does the problem not go away, it gets worse, it gets bigger. Obviously, our actions have been ineffective. Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? Do thy friends despise, forsake thee, take it to the Lord in prayer? In his arms he'll take and shield thee, thou wilt find a solace there. And this also applies not only to our physical life here on earth, but also to our spiritual life. Our works are ineffective in getting us closer to God. They're ineffective in getting us closer to heaven. The Apostle Paul makes that very clear when he wrote to the Ephesians, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Our actions are ineffective in earning any favor with God. Number two, our actions are unnecessary. The Apostle Paul makes this very clear when he wrote, or the Apostle or John wrote in his third chapter, 16th verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. There's nothing else that we need to do. Jesus has already earned eternal life for us through his suffering, death, 
and resurrection. He did what was necessary. As far as our earthly needs, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Number three. Our actions may also be irresponsible. When we worry, when we gripe about problems in our life to other people, especially to children and grandchildren, we are giving them a negative impression about our Lord who loves, provides for, and protects us. This is very irresponsible of us. The attitude should always be that of the Apostle Paul. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And last, our actions may also be unsafe. By putting our full trust in our abilities, we tend to forget about our need for God. We may, may, need, we may also forget about our need for a Savior and thus walk away from the eternal home that God has prepared for us. Paul warns us, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. Fortunately for us, because Jesus continued to by because Jesus continued to the cross by doing what was responsible, necessary, and effective, we are safe from the powers of darkness, from the powers of evil who attempt to take us away from God's love. Therefore, let us join the hymnist and thankfully proclaim, Thou hast borne this mighty only, that my wounds might all be whole. Thou hast suffered, sad and lonely, rest to give my weary soul. Yea, the curse of God enduring, blessing unto me securing. Thousand, thousand thanks shall be, dearest Jesus, unto thee. In Jesus' name, Amen. We continue with the after service response. <clears throat> Great are the works of the Lord. Setting back all who delight in them. He has caused his wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He sent redemption to his people. Let us continue with the next hymn. Christ the lift, Christ the life of all the living. <clears throat> 